podcast second third fourth fifth etc i am so grateful that you are here now in today's podcast today's podcast is with a good friend named mary storrell her and her brother have both been on the podcast now and uh them along with a lot of the fortune uh fully bully crew have a lot to do with my recovery process during my grievances after my mom passed, and I'm very thankful to have known them. And now we get to talk about more sad stuff, so uh, let's get into that podcast. And thank you again for tuning in today. Be well, be happy, be joyful. We are alive. fucking beast though she's been helping out with her uh well she's been fucking cooking for her first of all and then she's also been uh uh fucking having to call all her her mom's clients and stuff because she's a hairdresser so she's been having to call her clients and let them know Julia. and i mean that's a fucking toll i can't imagine but yeah yeah just a, just a nice little in, info on our lives right now so we're stress cleaning a little bit yeah and, you uh, know um what stage it is? We don't know yet. Just, okay, uh, so it's really yeah. Probably find out when we Okay. Yeah. Bye. All right. Well, I'm crossing my fingers for the best cancer news possible. Absolutely. Um. No. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that sucks. Uh, let me change this real quick. I mean, not that this is, this podcast is going to get any lighter after that. No, anyway. no, definitely not. <laughs> this is, you guys caught me on my not depressed day. I'm really glad the interview didn't take place yesterday or Tuesday. <laughs> so this worked out really well. All right, well, that's good. I mean, odds are, I told her, I told uh, Laura earlier too, I was like, odds are I might just be crying the entire time. So who knows? <laughs> that's what I'm prepared for. I'm prepared to start crying and uh, weeping, honestly. I have to get all of my followers into this chat real quick so that I could look like a cool broadcast. Oh, I got to change the fucking whole name and everything. It's still under Call of Duty right now. Excuse <laughs> <laughs> me for one second. Dude, they're so disappointed. <laughs> Sorry, I can't, give, I can't give you guys what you want. Uh, I forgot how to change that. Um... But yeah, how, how have you been doing with uh, this whole COVID life and, I mean, with everything happening right now in politics and such, like your day-to-day? Um, well, it's hard to get into the day-to-day without getting into like everything, but yeah. in terms of COVID, um, I've been fortunate like to not have had my work um, affected by it. I mean... We are doing, so I'm working two different places right now. I'm working at the treasury 
and uh-huh. then I'm still doing the Veterans Resource Center. Um, yeah. And both of them, well, one is 100% remote and the my tre- the treasury job, which is my more full-time job, um, is like mostly remote. I go in two days a week. So honestly, it's been kind of ideal because like I don't want to have to like go out and see people every day. <laughs> honestly, most days, but especially yeah. right now. So yeah. like... On it, like two days a week of really good socialization, two to three, that's probably my, my best point. Um, <laughs> like that's been cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's basically like a dream life for me as well. Um, sorry. Peaches is trying to get out of the room right now. So it might be a little noisy. Oh, that's, I'm totally it. okay with it. She's crashing at the door. I can't hear her. Yeah, she it's like partially open, so she's okay. There she goes. Great job, Peach. Um, <laughs> Yahoo! Politically, um, I don't know. Um, I'm very over it. Um, not, I wouldn't say apathetic because like it's so important. I, I think. I, I wouldn't consider myself apathetic about it, but like, I'm not going to watch the presidential like debate, yeah. you know, like at this point it's like, it was rough. I know like what's going on with both of them mm-hmm. and I can understand for talking points for people like who might be on the fence, but I mean, I live in California, so I either know like hella liberal people or hella conservative people. So neither of them like, are really looking to change their views that much right now. So, yeah, um, um, yeah, yeah. You said you said you were a, a part of something, and uh, I wasn't sure if you wanted to talk about that at all. Uh, about, as far as your little page. Yeah, the, well, honestly, I've been pretty don't. shitty with that. Um, Cause like, uh, so I, I started like a defund police fullerton page um right around the time of george floyd um but then when my mom got hella sick i kind of dipped out and i've actually been really anxious trying to think about how to engage with it again um i would say like i'm not naturally an activist it just felt like so important that i needed to do something i would much rather like ride on someone else's coattails and do their bitch work for them. Like, I don't want to <laughs> be the big bitch in charge. Um, Classic Mary. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, then when my mom died and then my sister, too, I just kind of was like, bro, like, I can't, I can barely deal with, like, normal conversation. Trying to figure out mm-hmm. how to do this right now has been, like, way too stressful. Mm-hmm. Um so I've actually been trying to think about how I want to do that. Like how yeah. I could either direct people towards other organizations. Um, myself, I've been like going to some white people for black lives meetings online. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a pretty cool organization. Um, it's definitely exactly what it sounds like. It's a bunch of very soft white people who just want to be better. And like, um, <laughs> that's like a yeah. whole thing, but it's yeah. cool. It's cool to be around people who are like, uh, they have like a bunch of different arms to it. Like there's an educational portion, there's like an activist portion, a political portion. So like whatever is your fancy, you can definitely get a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that's where like my attention has gone now. 
Um, mm. But in terms of the page itself, like I'm kind of a letdown because I just, I don't have it in me at the moment, you know? It's okay. I mean, I, this podcast is a letdown now too, which actually <laughs> leads me to a great, great segue. What are you sipping on? Wine? Um, yeah, I'm having red some red Ralph's wine. wine. Um, it's a Ralph's yeah. Red. Ralph's Red. A Ralph's Red. Um, I think it's a Merlot or a Pinot. I forget. You mean you can't uh, tell off the taste? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking okay. scumbag over here. <laughs> yeah. Sophisticated people like myself. <laughs> we can tell. <laughs> See, this is a Indica. Mm. Aged 2014. <laughs> Where's your camera? Is it super high up? It is. It's because I don't have a good setup on this desk yet for this podcast. So yeah. real quick, I like to have it like near the face on the computer. And I forgot about it because I haven't done a podcast in a minute. So yeah, I decided this was too low and awkward for me because I can't look at you. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I mean, it sounds weird, but I kind of want to look at you right now to mm. just make sure you're not crying yet. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so I don't trigger you. Uh, but yeah. Uh, shit, I was just about to say something. Yes, the sativa, it, I mean, this hybrid age 2014, blah, blah, blah. Fucking hey, dude. Welcome to the podcast. This is me just getting high and talking to you about stuff and asking you for uh, stories and or interesting little tidbits of information. So I'd like to introduce you in a moment, but first I have to start with this thing. This is called a bongzilla, and we have a ritual now where when we smoke before the podcast, we now say to all our relations, and if you smoked, I would ask you now to smoke, but we can drink together. Thank you. Yeah, I do. I I did start smoking sometimes. Um, But then right after my mom died, I decided to take an edible at 10 a.m. and be high all day. That was really bad. And I'm not saying like I'm off it, but I just haven't wanted to like go back. Oh, yeah. That was traumatizing. (laughs) It was a really bad move. And I just (laughs) fucked myself up and tried to stream any sad movie I could find. So I watched Manchester by the Sea. I did a little bit of Goldfinch, just anything with very sad men. Um, so that was a full day. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, Mary. Oh, Mary. <laughs> we well, all make mistakes. Well, speaking of mistakes, welcome to this podcast. <laughs> uh, I've decided to now call it the big sad before it was going to be, you know, you ever thought about killing yourself? Which, I mean, I still think is a great title, but... Mm-hmm. A little bit easier for people to remember and not be so turned off would be the big sad. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty pretty nice time for us to talk about sad things. I've been on the sad vibe for a bit. Yeah. Um, and You're great now it's just it. another, yeah, I'm just, I'm a fucking pro. I, I told my girlfriend, too, I'm a fucking pro at this. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, whatever we're going to do, we're going to end up doing together. And I can't fucking wait to just keep trucking on every little day. But here we are. Um, Welcome, welcome to the podcast. I like to start it with the same question anyway. Okay. Mary, with all of your feelings and all of your things, have you ever thought about killing yourself? Um, yeah, so I actually thought about this for the podcast, mm-hmm. um, knowing like the subject. Um, I've never thought about it in a serious way, um, like never actionably with a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have thought about it in the sense of like, just wanting not to exist anymore. Totally. So like, not from like a place of like, 
thinking of something rational to do to truly end my life, but just of a like, dude, that would be so cool to like, just not be here. Um, and I have had this like weird, um, very dramatic fantasy that has brought me comfort mm-hmm. where I just picture myself like jumping out of like a medieval tower onto a huge pike and just being stabbed through the chest <laughs> and dying like that. <laughs> it makes me feel so good. That's fucking hilarious. But it's always, it has to be a pike. Like, that's the most yeah. important thing. It's a very large, pointy object through is the that chest. Because, is that because you wanted to, like, make it, like, definite and dramatic? Yeah, it's definitely for the theatrics and probably something <laughs> about, like, I don't know anything about chakras or whatever. Just, like, your heart. Like, just, like, something stabbing very large and blunt through your heart sounds, like, really fucking good. Um, so, yeah, yeah I want to... It's not practical, but it's it yeah. is my it's a very theatrical suicide fantasy. I, I appreciate the theatrics of that explanation, I think, more than any other uh Thank you. explanation I've heard yet. Thank you. <laughs> I want to go out in blaze of glory. <laughs> Exploding car. Fucking <laughs> All right, I'm 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 gonna go on a high tangent if I keep speaking. <laughs> oh man, that's so funny though. Uh, so, I mean, we're just going to talk about sad things all together. So tell me about, like, how you're dealing with sad things these days. How, like, what was the progress with, like, leading up to, like, you know, your mom, like, getting cancer, going through that? Because sure. it was not just cancer. It was, like, quite a few things I think she went through, right? Yeah. So I might jump around a little bit. So That's pardon me if I great. do. Um, I, I would it. say, like, the thing I've been thinking about, most recently is like how it really does catch me off guard sometimes when I realize like oh never gonna talk to her and hang out with her again Mm -hmm. and from the period when she got diagnosed with cancer to when she passed away was just over a year um but she had stage four cancer and then from when she and then she got chemo and then she got a pet scan Um, so she got chemo in like last November, she got her PET scan in June and then she passed away at the end of August. Mm -hmm. So like after her PET scan, like to see whether or not the chemo worked, it was like, oh, it didn't work. And you're going to be super dead really quick. Um, and that did happen. So like that part feels really fast, but when I like take a, like a larger step back, like she's been sick, um, for close to four years, she had a heart attack, a stroke, a quadruple mm. bypass. So she had a bunch of heart shit. Oh. And then not that long after, then she got um, uh, cancer. And her quality of life definitely deteriorated over that time. Like mm-hmm. with the heart attack, I noticed like she just kind of lost her resilience there. And I have heard um, that heart surgeries can kind of like change your personality And then I think that in combination with being on extreme painkillers can like really lower your resilience. Mm -hmm. And she did eventually get off of those, but I kind of felt like she was never the same. She was definitely like a lot more weepy um, and like continuously depressed from that point. Um, And then with the cancer, it was in her mouth. Um, It was on her tongue. So she had to have a portion of her tongue removed. She couldn't really speak. 
She couldn't eat. She lost like 40 pounds. Like she's five, two. She wasn't, I mean, she was like a, I don't know. I wouldn't call her rotund, but she was like a, a stocky woman. Like she, you know, looked like she could play football. She could easily kick my ass. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Right. She had that look about her, but (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she she lost like 40 pounds. So she was like 150, like dropped down to like 110, 120. Um, so like she lost a bunch of weight. She wasn't as resilient. And then she eventually had to have a feeding tube um, because she couldn't eat. It was too hard for her to swallow. Um, when she had the tumor, she couldn't eat. And that's why she lost a bunch of weight. And then even mm-hmm. after the tumor was removed, Um, what they don't tell you is like, it's when you get a piece of your tongue cut out, that's not what's going to affect you in terms of talking as much. Like she could speak pretty fine. It was a little more muffled, but she could speak fine, but she couldn't really swallow. Mm -hmm. Um, and like just that whole process, I guess, like got kind of atrophied. So she had a feeding tube. So it was like, she didn't look good. Like she couldn't really walk. She was super like gaunt and she had a feeding tube and like, I watched that whole process, but it's like when you're so close to it, it becomes normal to you. Totally. And it's like, you're not even necessarily, like, I knew she was going to die within the next few years. Like, if it wasn't the cancer, I'm like, dude, she's got like one working kidney and a fucked up heart. Like, even if she's like cancer free, this bitch is not going to like be kicking. And it's like, I knew that. I was actively (laughs) watching it. (laughs) I hear you. Um, but it was, it's still like so shocking and it still feels like it was so sudden. Um, and like that cognitive dissonance is really confusing. Mm -hmm. Like I knew this was coming and I saw it, but it was like, I was so close. that became normal to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and to say one more thing, like I stalked her Facebook the other day and I was like going through her timeline through the past few years Mm -hmm. and like, it was like a timeline of like watching someone die. It was fucking mm-hmm. weird. Like different updates about like, Oh, just had my heart surgery. Like, you know, up on the up and up, like, Oh, now I've got like, you know, cancer. Oh, I've got this. And it was like post slowly watching the experience of someone becoming not better over the years. And that was like also a weird, um, I, I guess perspective to see that situation through. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been one of the things I've been um, working on, I mm-hmm. guess, is like, I don't know. And I'm sorry if I'm rambling. Feel free to interject, but I... No, I, I love it. I feel I love it. <laughs> I feel like it's like a myth in some ways that you ever really recognize that someone's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe years gone by, like with my brother who I had a brother who died in high school, mm-hmm. uh, when I was in high school, he was 19 and I can recognize that he's dead because honestly, in a lot of ways you forget mm-hmm. and it's been a long time. It's been 11 years and I can't really remember him. I can't conjure his person as much anymore. So I like kind of have recognized that he's dead, but it's not that I recognize that he's dead. It's just that he's not here. So like Mm. you forget. And I kind of feel like that's the bigger transformation isn't accepting and recognizing that someone's gone, but it's accepting and recognizing that you're different. And like this part about you is gone. Mm. Um, 
So like, I don't know, like when I'll just be like, oh yeah, Gene is gone. Like that connection is dead. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's something I can really accept, but like, I am recognizing like I'm a person with a dead mother. This is like a new part of my identity. And that's something that like sinks in and makes it feel a little bit more real, but it just kind of feels like we just haven't talked in a while. Mm -hmm. Totally. I mean, when, when was it? What, what was mm -hmm. the date? August 25th. Okay. So um, just under two, no, is it three months or two months? Uh, September, October. Yeah. So just under two months two, ago. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense though too. Um, I it, everything feels like a blur when it comes to like my memories too though. Uh, but no, yeah, just like that that feeling that like the realization is is really something that you can't ever prepare for either. Mm -hmm. No matter how much you like know it's coming, you're just like tight. Yeah, I literally can't call you after work today. Like that's fucking weird. Yeah, that's so weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the part that gets me a lot but uh yeah no oh, yeah it's fucking I mean crazy. and I don't know if you experience this too and this is something I definitely would like to get into a little bit more um the caretaking towards the end of life mm -hmm. because that super fucked me up like totally was not has not been good and it's something I should eventually go to therapy for I think because like um yeah it's not nice to watch someone die mm -hmm. period yeah. Um, but I think as like, I wasn't her primary caretaker until about the last week. And then I, I moved over to my parents' house to help out my dad because he had been her primary caretaker and was mm -hmm. shot in, in her last week. It was all hours of the night, pain medication, different things. So it was just, yeah. it was all consuming. Um, but something that I also kind of, and, and I, I also think, so I think like accepting or realizing that someone's truly dead is kind of a myth. I also think like closure is kind of a myth. I mean, certainly it's in some ways nicer to know that someone's going to die as opposed to being just shocked in one day they're breathing and the next day they're not. I, mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's something my nieces are going through for context. Um, yeah, totally. My sister passed away five days before my mom, and that mm -hmm. was very unexpected. Um, and her oldest daughter is my age. Um, and yeah, I, I can't imagine what they're going through with that. Um, but in other ways, it's like, so I knew my mom was dying. I, I got to mentally prepare myself to sort of detach, but I also like didn't really say goodbye. I mean, in some ways I felt like we were close and there was nothing to say. Um, but in other ways, like as her youngest and trying to be a caretaker, like I didn't want her to see me sad. Um, I wanted her to know I would be okay without her. So I didn't really let myself do that. And I mostly tried to be like happy and positive when I was around her. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think like, uh, I don't know. I think that that's kind of challenging for closure, but I'm, I'm kind of recognizing like, it's just never really there. You never know necessarily exactly when it's going to be your last word. So it's like, in some ways I wish I had spoken more honestly to her about like, mom, I'm going to miss you so much, like forever. Um, like no one's ever going to give a shit about me the way you gave a shit about me, period. 
Like that's just, that's just how it is. Like no yeah. one's going to be stoked to listen to me talk about oatmeal for an hour. Like, because I found a new way to do it that I really liked. Like, come on. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit, Mary. It's fucking oatmeal. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I, I, I kind of regret like not having done that, but it's like, I don't know say I did that there would probably still be something else I wish I said to her um and it, yeah and I, I kind of want to ask you about your experience because like for me she went from like being bed bound on hospice like not doing good to like not being verbal yeah. over the weekend yeah and that really fucked me up because I thought we would have the chance to talk again I thought we could have like another good conversation. And I remember like I said goodbye over, like I saw her on, I think like a Saturday night. Um, and I had, or maybe it was like a Friday I'd come over like late at night just to check in and say, Hey. And then I said like, Oh, I could come back on Saturday or Sunday. And she's like, no, like you need to spend time with Matt, blah, blah, blah. And she was talking to me and I was like, okay, mom, like whatever. And then I, I ended up coming on Sunday night because she wasn't doing well and pretty much nonverbal after that. I mean, she could say a few words, but it was like in the matter of like two days, she went from being able to make sentences mostly to like not really being there 90% of the day. And like that happened really fast. Yeah. No, uh, I had a pretty similar, uh, experience when when she was in hospice um and then actually something that you had asked about how to do how you are dealing with it and how i dealt with it um is actually funny because i've been reflecting on it excuse me uh me and since me and laura have been talking about it and stuff like that and uh her sister had just actually called us yesterday two nights ago yeah some time ago, whatever, some days ago, time is relative, it doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, she called and she was just like, I wanna talk to you about like how you dealt with it and like your experience with it and stuff. Um, and it's like the fucking easiest thing for me because yeah, like I enjoy like being able to communicate with people like on a level that I didn't know I was able to before. And uh, the fact that everybody deals with it is mm-hmm. fucking wild. And everybody deals with it differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It, just, it it like literally fucks with my entire like perception of it too. Because I'm like, I feel like I dealt with it like the best way, but I thought everybody else was doing like a pretty decent job, and like everybody just like went so many different ways after like this like actual realization came, and it's mm-hmm. just and it's because of the realization, but. Um, one of the things I have been thinking about uh, heavily was the only piece I had with any of it. And give me one second. I got to turn on the AC because I'm like shivering mm-hmm. now. But one second. <laughs> Sorry, I got cold. It was cold. Mm-hmm. 
made me think it made me think of the hospital room geez talk about fucking traumatic so so, so imagine there's a hospital room. so picture this you so got you a know, bag of ice chips everybody loves it everybody's having a great time you look to your left you look to the right everybody's crying because they're so happy it's fucking hilarious um no but one of the, like the only like real like peaceful thoughts or moments that I ever had with my mom was the very fact that she like wanted to explain because she knew I would accept whatever she had to say and like respected her wishes was like the only thing I want is I like I want everybody to have a chance to talk to me because I know a lot of people are going to want to talk to me and it's not that I don't want to talk to you guys all the time it's just that if I ask you guys like for a little bit of space or like some time to rest or whatever like just give me a second because I'm, I'm really trying to like do the best that I can with the rest of the time that I have and so yeah basically that that like that like just echoes in every single phone call I ever had with her like after work every day um which is just like do you fucking need me like do I need to come home right now and like sit in traffic for three hours or Am I going to hang out and get drunk here <laughs> and read and get sad or whatever? Um, but yeah, like fucking on her deathbed, like I fucking remember like so many people just like wanting to still talk to her and like communicate with her and stuff. And like the only piece I had was the fact that I was like, I had my conversation with you and we had like our heart to heart at some point and like, I got to give everybody else a chance. Like, that's it. <laughs> that's literally the best that I can do. Uh, and yeah, that was like, like the most peaceful connection I had to that moment. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's like literally the one thing that held me like pretty calm, mm -hmm. uh, even though it still fucking fucks me up regardless. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's like one of the one thing things that I like was super clear with her on and I was like just tell me and because there were times where she was honest and she was like yeah like I you know I want to talk to you about like this or that and we would like uh especially like like I said one of the times so many times I've mentioned in this fucking podcast like the, the one of my favorite memories was like she wasn't feeling good that day she had just had chemo uh and I wasn't sure if it was the day before or what happened, but like she wasn't feeling good that morning. I come home, and my sister come home, comes home and we're both home like relatively late. Like I wanna say it was like nine or 10 or something. And we like go say goodnight, but we're like, we just end up like laying down in her bed and talking. And I'm like, I don't know how the fuck this conversation even started, but like she discussed like the times that she like attempted suicide and like why she was so sad and how pointless it is to be like that sad. And then my sister explained her set, like her experiences with it. And I was like, fuck, like you guys have all been like suicidal. Like I thought it was just me. <laughs> and so, yeah, like this whole like idea on the whole suicide ideation thing, just like erupted into like reality for me then. And I was just, like, you guys are all just, we're all just fucking humans. And like, I have to respect your wishes just as you respect mine. And like, uh, yeah, that, that was forever. One of my fucking conversations with him was just like on that fucking bed and like talking about 
the fact that death is such a real thing that's coming to all of us and we're all going to deal with it differently, but we've all like had some sort of traumatic experience that we're all trying to like barely cope with even living. And like for, for my mom at that point too, was just like dealing with everything. Like I, I knew she was in pain so much of the time too. And that's the other thing that like that tore me up personally. And that, like, that's one of the things that mm-hmm. was traumatic for me was like knowing how much pain she was in. Yeah. Like, and that you can't do anything about it. Like, yeah. But you learn to accept life as it is, and you're just like, fuck, like, if I can accept, like, how my mom views the world as, like, truth for her and, like, respect that, like, that's honestly the best that I can do, then, like, that was more than okay. And it should be more than okay for me to, like, carry on with my own shit. And that's why I'm fucking still here. And now I'm happy for some reason, but here we are. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it it sounds like you missed out on a pretty cool opportunity to have a family suicide pact. I fucked up. Yeah, yeah, you had a really cool opportunity. (laughs) Fucking right in the grass on my hand. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's really special. Yeah. Yeah, the pain part is hard. That was was one of the harder parts um, before... Um, before my mom got surgery, I remember I saw her over Easter and that's when I knew I'm like, oh, she fucked up. Like, because she was super skinny. Um, sorry, there's a garbage truck coming by. Um, she was super skinny and she tried to make like Easter food for Danny and I, Danny's Mm -hmm. my brother. Um, and, um, like Danny and I, between the two of us, only had like an hour or two to spend over there. And she couldn't eat any of the food because of like her mouth. Yeah. And like she could barely stand after having cooked. So like she had to sit. And then on Mother's Day, I saw her and she had a tumor like this big, just hanging out on her tongue. Like it was super fucked up. Yeah. And she didn't get surgery until I think like, I don't know, like late August or so. So like April, May, June, July, August, like almost half a year of a fucking tumor on her tongue. She was in insane pain. She was taking so much pain medication at that time. Mm. I was super fucked. Um, and that, that really sucked. I hated that. I like, I, I just was like, furious knowing like she has an actual tumor in her mouth and she can't get the care that she needs and she just has to live like this like it really fucked me up knowing like this is what your day-to-day has to look like Mm um on like a positive note like I think my parents relationship only got sweeter as time went on (laughs) It was so dumb. It was so nice to watch. Like they were so cute together, like all the way up until the end. And I'm like, bro, like if Matt, my partner had a tumor on his tongue, like we're not kissing, but like, you know, they kept at it and good for them. <laughs> Gotta keep the love alive. Yeah, dude, I don't have that stamina. Um, but yeah, that was cool to watch. Um. But yeah, I, I, I brought this up earlier a little bit. Um, but I would say like one of like the harder parts that like I'm still 
adjusting to with like fresh grief um is kind of coping with like that last week or so when she was really sick mm-hmm. um when she first passed away it was kind of like all i could think about yeah. and i would just get like intrusive thoughts of instances like things she would say like how is this possible how is this happening or like when she was really in pain or when like her bed sore split open on her her back or like um like at the very end like she had to wear diapers because like we couldn't physically pick her up and take her to the bathroom and watching like how uncomfortable she was like like um at one point like I had to like get something out of her body I had to like physically take it out myself and like she was like why are you doing this to me and like just like those different memories I like they would just flood me and it was like I couldn't think about our whole my whole life of being with her like I could only I was just stuck in that week and I would say like I'm not as stuck in that week right now but still like that's the shit that makes me cry the most Mm -hmm. um because I felt like like I don't know it's weird because it's like her body was ready to die and we were ready for her to die too because it was excruciating watching her like that Mm -hmm. um and it was hard on everybody it was hard on her and it was hard on us to like Mm -hmm. know we couldn't sleep it was round the clock care it was draining it was really sad um but her spirit like definitely wasn't ready to die. And like, that's kind of hard. Like it is what it is. Like she wasn't going to make it. There was no way around it. But like, I remember when she first, after her PET scan, we like laid in her bed and we're talking when she got that, like less, like a few months to six months diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And we were saying like, this is crazy. Like, I mean, this is what they're saying, but it doesn't feel real. And we were both just going back and forth saying like, I can't imagine like you would progress that quickly in the next few months. Um, and sure enough, she did. Um, but I remember even at one point during that last week of her life, like she looked at me and said like, Mary, I'm going to beat this. And I was just like, dude, you're not like, you're so not. And then later on, <laughs> bro, oh I'm sorry to break it to you. <laughs> I don't know if you heard the nurses or anybody else, but probably not. It's not looking good, Gina. I'm pretty sure the cancer is like everywhere. If you were to make it, like, I don't think it would be good, man. I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. And then later she just said, like, later in that same day, she looked at me and was just like, I lied. And like, that felt really ominous. And I think she was talking about when she told me she was going to make it. But then this other part of me was like, whoa, is this there? They're like some crazy secret. Gina was just alternating between dimensions. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. She was, just she was in and out of realms as my background is right now. <laughs> you should have had a green screen effect where you're like in the middle of Hawaii or some shit. <laughs> all tropical in the background. I'm like, sorry to show off you guys, but I, my room is getting cleaned and I'm just standing on the beach. Uh, 
Yeah. How was, so my mom did hospice at home. Um, how was it for you? We were fortunate to be able to have her taken somewhere else for hospice. Okay. But my sister is also the one and she's the one that's talked to me about it. She's the one that helped more so at home with the bathroom duties and Mm -hmm. other things because like, A, she already had experience with it, like with helping her dad with leukemia Mm -hmm. and B, like she just- Her mom and her dad died? Oh, come on. <laughs> At least I didn't know my dad, so I didn't really care when he died. Uh, that's, yeah, that's the only thing is we have a different dad, but whatever. Uh, Fuck, but both yeah. of you guys? Jesus. Danny closest. and I like to say that we're bad luck um, just because we've had too much family die, but... Fuck. Welcome to the club. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah. So she would help out at home too. And like, uh, sometimes like I would be the only one home too. So I'd help her like, uh, get to the restroom and like wait for her to finish so I can go get her, take her back to the bed and stuff. And like, as hard as it is, like basically the only message that I could like keep like holding on to was the fact that like, I'm doing the best that I can for anything any like situation in this moment like if i'm not here helping like i'm probably stressing out about like what the fuck should i be doing right now like yeah should, can i really even be enjoying fucking reading a book like across from my work yeah you know like can i really even be enjoying like this fucking beer right now is that okay yeah like there's an it like takes yeah this idea that like happiness is like still okay for you to feel um which I mean, fortunately for my own selfish pleasure, like I was always pursuing happiness for myself first. So I mean, you know, I, I knew my addictions that I could fall into, which is just drinking and reading and, you know, getting into whatever other shit I can get into so that I wouldn't have to think about it. Uh, but it was like all I could do. And like after like she passed through, it was the same thing where like only thing I could do was like continue to figure out ways for me to be stable and happy like mentally Mm -hmm. which like fortunately like happen to be not terrible things for me which is bikes reading and drinking the drinking not so great and I've learned how to be better about it since yeah 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 it was great at the time okay don't look at me like that there's no judgment needed here this is a judgment-free zone god damn it yeah dude your Instagram stories are saying otherwise but that's cool uh yeah we 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 drink from time to time we actually don't drink as much as we used to we were drinking daily for a while since like when like covid started mm-hmm. huh I, I mean before that as well for me personally. <laughs> but yeah since like a little while ago we took a, a month break and it was very nice because then after that like we got drunk so fast and also <laughs> we didn't feel like drinking as much mm-hmm. as we used to we understood that like it is what it is it's an easy vice to get into and like mm-hmm. it does whatever it does to you that fucking sucks but in that like moment like it, it's what felt right for me and obviously I it was not the best thing I mean I still I was still an idiot and I still hurt myself in some ways but you're gonna fuck up you're gonna fuck up all the time anyway okay. um shit there was something else that you had asked me about earlier and I totally forgot about I wanted to bring it up again fuck something about the last week in hospice 
shit. Oh yeah. I, I was just saying like that last period when she would like, they call it something I learned during this whole thing was like, there's different stages to death. And like mm-hmm. that last period is called like actively dying. Yeah. And that's when they're like really near. And I would say like that part, it's probably the part that has messed me up the most, like just being so near to active death. Um, and it was just stressful all around because we weren't sleeping. And and then also we were trying to figure out like, do we need to put her in a nursing home because it is all consuming? And like, if this is going to be several weeks, because you don't know how long it's going to be, like, can we keep this up? It was just like the fucking worst. And, and yet I also want to say like, I also am like honored that I was able to be there. Like I'm totally... I wouldn't have it any other way. Like I would be devastated if she was out of the state. I mean, in some ways I just wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Like, but um, I'm, I'm glad I was able to be there, but I do think like that period is like what has stuck with me the most. And I was curious about like what the whole well, like process of watching someone die, like how that affected you. Yeah. It, I mean, I saw her at least every day. (laughs) So at least once a day I would see her. Um, But like, yeah, seeing that like leap on the last of her days, like before we took her to hospice was like Mm. pretty fucking wild. And it's like, she called it before us and before we can like get her out there. But she was just like, "I, I, I don't want you guys to go through this. Like it's pissing me off that you guys are still trying to do this at this point now. Like, fucking let let me like be around somebody who's like already like supposed to do this like please like don't let me be a fucking burden to you guys like come on uh but yeah when we were like no like we can help and stuff too and then she's like no like i'm feeling more and more like shit every day and like the only people who really know that are the people going through that so i had to like basically talk my family into just like getting her out of there as soon as possible because she was getting like frustrated and it's like one of those like controlled frustrations where she's just like like you guys just don't understand like i can't be here anymore i feel like i'm gonna die but like nobody really wants to let go and that's like Mm -hmm. the weird jump in contrast i feel like for like the perceptions that i had fortunately i feel like i i don't know i just wanted her to be comfortable like yeah all I thought about was like her pain, like nonstop, like yeah. So yeah, like anything that could help with that, I was all about. Yeah. Whether it's like being in hospice or like where she wants to be, like yeah. And I feel like like when you guys went through it too, like I I fucking commend you. Like it's so hard to like be there too, but like. I mean, you guys have, I feel like, greater hearts than I did, and you guys were there all the time. You guys are fucking cooking and shit for her and being I mean, we just didn't have, um, we just didn't really have another option. (laughs) Because for nursing homes, it's either, like, Medicare doesn't cover them, Medicaid does cover them. Yeah. And I guess, like, my mom didn't qualify for Medicaid. Yeah. So, like we couldn't but we couldn't afford to put her in a nursing home so like we were trying to figure it out like towards that end portion we're like well fuck we can't keep doing this maybe we all will pull out of our savings to try to do that like put her somewhere else so it was also kind of like 
just necessity. Mm-hmm. But I do think part of it was there was a big, my dad didn't, he hadn't like taken care of her for so long. I think for her to have to, to not pass in her home was going to be hard for him. Mm-hmm. And I think it sounds like your mom and my mom were, I mean, God bless Gina for it, you know, like, like she's like the, she's, she was a great mom, but like, um, she was not a good patient. She was not being, she's not very good at being taken care of. Yeah. Um, so I think she was like fighting up until the end. I, in some ways it maybe would have been easier if she was a little bit more down to like accept what was happening. Yeah. Um, and I think like, had she been like that, it might have made us feel like we had other options. Um, but because she was like, I don't know, like a feisty asshole until the end, like it made it hard to take her out of where she exactly wanted to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had a, so just, um, I have two quick anecdotes. One, um, for the people who don't know me, my husband works in the medical field. Um, and something funny that he said to me was like, As he's always, Oh, here he is, by the way. Hey, Matt. Um, he said, it's always the nice patients who die. He's like, the assholes live forever. It's always the nice ones who die. So, Alain, uh, I just want you to know that you have a really nice mom. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, Matt, can you turn on the light? Uh, um, and then the other anecdote I have um, was the day she passed and how that all went down, because that was like an epic shit show in some ways oh wow now i'm really white there's no way to make this better um (laughs) so um i had been staying there for the week before she passed but the day before she died i had gone home Mm -hmm. and my sister was going to take over for me for a few days and then i was going to come back um and I don't know that this means anything, but my sister and I had discussed that we kind of felt like my mom wasn't going to want to die when I was there because I'm like her youngest kid. And like we were very close. Um, I would say like, I don't know, everybody felt like they were really close with her. So I am I'm now like, I don't know if I could say that, but I definitely like called her the most out of all her kids like we we kept up. I felt like we were in a convenient position where we both needed each other equal amounts. Um, So we were pretty tight and I just kind of had a feeling like she's not going to want to die when I'm sitting in their bed next to her. Like that's not going to feel cool for her. Um, And that did happen. I left, um, I forget which day. I think it was like I left Wednesday night and she died Thursday afternoon. Um, But um, what happened was, so my parents live in Redlands, so she was in Redlands, I'm in Fullerton, and um, Matt's car had an issue that day, so he borrowed my car, and I took his car into the shop, and then in the morning, I got a call, or like, hey, looks like the Gina's close to the end, and then like, she died in the afternoon, and Matt's car was still in the shop, and I'm like, 
fuck, like I need to get over there, obviously. Um, so then I, I call the shop and I'm like, Hey, like I'm calling about this car. Like how long do you think, how much time does it have? And they're like, Oh, is there a time you needed it by? And my brain just like broke in that moment. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck to say. And I'm like, Oh, well, um, so my mom just died and, um, I need the car to go drive out to her. So just like, as soon as you can would be good. Still trying to be the fucking sweetheart too. Just, I mean, like, I don't want to rush um, it. So, um, <laughs> it was so oh. fucking weird. Um, but yeah, so that was just a total shit show. And then it was like the worst traffic ever. Normally it takes like an hour to get to Relance. It took like two and a half hours. I'm like, this is sick. <laughs> I guess there's nothing really to do. And I didn't really want to see her dead body. Yeah. Um, I know for some people that closure is good. I think for my brother, I'd kind of wish that I went because he died like overseas. And I, in some ways, I think it would have been good to like, see him to like recognize that it happened mm -hmm. but for my mom it's like yo I've been seeing this bitch half dead for a while like I don't need to like get yeah. the image of her all fucked up in her hospital bed in my brain so um that was really embarrassing and nice yeah no that I can't I can relate to that but I still had to see her <laughs> I had yeah. my own closure it was just like all right yeah no she just looks like a dead version of the same thing I saw yesterday. Yep. Yep. Empty eyes. Check. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yep. Nothing else in here. Because I mean, like the entire like walk up was just like everybody just being like, "Oh, like here's one of the sons. Like we have to like fucking hug him and put him yeah. on the spot and like all the shit. We're here for you." I'm like, I, I know. I just I'm here to just confirm, like. I just yeah. need to get out of here. Like, I'll be fine. Like, everybody's got to deal with this their own way. And, like, it's just fucking wild. Yeah. But, yeah, like, that. I, I, I just wanted to, I literally just wanted the peak for my own closure. Just the peak. It's a little peak. A little peak. Just, like, while everybody's crowding here, just, like. <laughs> all right i'm good <laughs> i think you and i were the same age when our mom died you were 27 right fuck i don't know i think so 17 three years ago i was 28 you were 28 okay mm -hmm. whatever close enough we're in our 20s we were yeah. old <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um oh, Jesus. I've been like in the process of fresh grief because like um yeah like I, I guess like to get into like the whole situation here it was like kind of a weird thing mm -hmm. so so my sister had passed away it's a half sister who was like 49 so she was much older than me so we didn't grow up together but that was still fucking like a shock and honestly it felt like comical and I know it sounds like weird to say but everybody I told was like are you joking because it just felt like absurd yeah like, it just felt like are you serious like why now what the fuck <laughs> um 
And I, I like, I wonder if that has like fucked up my grieving process a little bit. I mean, I think part of it is like losing a parent is different than a sibling. Like, um, like losing my brother when I was in high school. Um, and that was like, like I grew up with, with John, Danny, like it was the three of us. So like, we were super tight, but like, I don't know, like, I think it like, like how people talk about hard things make you a better person. I felt like that grief made me a better person. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I still believed in like a higher, like a God, I still was very Christian at that time. So that mm. was also helpful. Like I had a lot more hope. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like with this grief, I've kind of just been like, well, cool. Like I already used all the other coping mechanisms about like, I'm just happy they're out of pain and like, you know, I'm just going to live my life fuller and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, bro, I already went through this. Like, I don't know how much fuller I need to be. Like I have a limit. Like I'm not going to be like that exuberant. I'm still me. So like, I just kind of like, feel like it's just like, it's just a loss. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, like that's nice because it's not complicated. Like there's nothing really else to it. Like she was a cool person. We were really close and I'm always going to be sad. Mm -hmm. There's like nothing really to work out there. It's just a bummer. It's just like a hole. And like, that's like nice. There's nothing to work out. There wasn't any bullshit between us. And, and I think that's what makes grief so much harder for people. But in other ways, it's like, I don't know what to do with this. It's just feels like life, but like a few notches down. Yeah. No, I, I agree completely. It's, it's weird. How do you, where are you at with like, um, fuck, how do I phrase this? With like, dealing with the, it yeah with like the result like where are you with like the re- this result of like this is my life now essentially um I don't know like so when it first happened um I mean well so so we've talked a little bit about how everybody grieves in different ways mm-hmm. so for me I go super numb like that's my vibe for it um so when it first happened, I was just like hard, like high key depressed for a while. Um, I tried to make myself like I tried to think about things that would make myself cry and that worked. But then I'm like, this just reminds me of how empty I feel like this isn't doing anything like it doesn't feel like necessarily like the good release that can happen. And now um, I definitely feel more like myself. Um, I'm, I'm still not at full capacity when it comes to like doing things like work. Um, I'm very fortunate that my job is pretty low stress right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and my boss is really sympathetic cause he was around the same age when his mom passed away from cancer. So he's like really cool about it. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't have to push myself super hard, but it feels weird to just be kind of like doing the bare minimum. I, I like to always be pushing for more. And it's like, I get these false starts where I have a few days where I feel good. And I think I'm going to be like really up to the challenge of like doing shit. And then I'll get depressed. Um, so I'm kind of riding that wave right now. Like I would say like the amount of days when I'm depressed is much shorter. Like before it would be like most of the week I'm like depressed and like pretty 
lethargic and then I'll have like the weekend I'm good. And now it's like two days a week. I'm like very depressed. And then the rest of the week, I'm pretty good. Um, so that's good. Um, emotionally, like I think until I feel like I've, I mean, there's some things I want to figure out for my dad. Um, and like help him with, and he would be bummed to hear me say this, but I mean, it's just the way it is. Like, I'm not going to really feel like I can like emotionally let my guard down too much until I feel like he's chill. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not like he's leaning on me a bunch, but like, there's like the weird business side of death. People don't talk about like medical bills. Like, um, he doesn't want to live where they live in the future which makes sense because she was sick most of the time so eventually Mm -hmm. we need to get like him going on that his job was super shitty to him so like trying to see like now that he's gone back to work how is that going do we like we had to talk to a lawyer because they were being like that shitty about it so there's just like all these other weird things and I feel like until granted life is never going to be calm but until like those particular things are more handled I don't think I'll be able to like exhale as much. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I don't have medical insurance right now. Um, Same. uh, So Matt and I should be legally married finally next month um, because COVID kind of fucked up marriage licenses. Uh So I'll be able to mooch off of his insurance, which is what I'm most excited about with being married. Um, Hell yeah. So I would like to start therapy because I think I just need like a designated space Mm -hmm. to to deal with it but um other things I'm feeling is just like I just feel different like I don't connect with my friends the same way anymore I only hang out with them when I'm in a good mood so I don't think they know that I'm not good most of the time and like I don't have bad friends but they definitely don't ask me about how I'm doing as much as I like but also like I don't want to like get all my sad cooties on people too Mm -hmm. so it's like a catch 22. Like I want people to ask more, but it's like, I also know like you have your own life and your own shit. Like it's a full-time job to deal with this. So do I need Mm -hmm. to like expect you to be where I'm at all the time? Like, of course not. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I feel like uh, you're still like on a, like figuring out of like all these values that are like new to you as well. Like, yeah. And then it seems like that's kind of like normalizing itself out as well um in its own way but yeah like i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry yeah it's all good no i i'm very happy to share uh the sadness all the time (laughs) but uh no yeah i I am particularly very happy to have had this conversation with you uh i am gonna take a quick break because i have to pee but uh when we come back we're still talking a little bit just so you know okay yeah i'm gonna go get some more wine in that case that is perfect Okay, good. Break. Uh, uh, commercial break, everybody. Commercial yeah, you guys break. can look at this nice white wall. Wow. Look at that wall. It's so clean. <laughs> it's almost as clean as our walls. <laughs> Hello, anybody listening in the future. Where is it? Where did I put the camera at? Whatever. Hi, people.
I love Dragon Chelsea, but I feel like I'm acting too much like him. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Mostly because I'm like, I'm just so overly aware right now. We've just been listening to it so yeah, much. just because it's a podcast. What? Passive. We've just been listening to him so much in the past day or so. Yeah. <clears throat> Whoa. Um, it's allergies, you know, All- allergies. Do honestly, nothing feels better than when you're like. All right, you just turn off your mic, you dingus. Okay. Can you so- hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing feels better than just sticking tissues right up your nose and keeping them there when you're super sneezy it's the best mm-hmm. instead of like flushing it out and then breathing in and being like yeah. oh fuck here it comes again no it's so good <laughs> um uh, i had another quick um story i wanted to tell you about i mean it's really quick okay um it was relating to like losing your parents in your 20s sorry if i'm talking too close um it normalizes Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, one thing that I did was I was like Googling like different articles about like what it's like to lose your parents in your 20s because like <laughs> I think it's a thing, I guess. Like, it right? Is. It's different. Yeah. Um, I think like losing your parent always sucks, but mm-hmm. I definitely think like it just kind of feels like cool. I just have to carry this with me for like way longer than you assholes. Like, great. <laughs> um, but there's this one article and it was like, obviously like people need different things, different things work for different people. So it was very well intended and I can see how it worked for her. Um, but for me, I was like, oh, this perspective is the worst. Um, <laughs> and basically it was like saying like, she lost her dad in her very early twenties. And she was like saying like, losing a parent is like when your bone breaks like it's broken, you're broken and it heals back, but it maybe isn't going to heal perfect. So you're always going to have this limp, but like going through the process of grieving and living is learning how to dance with your limp. And I'm just like, yeah, what happens if you just have like too many deaths for that though? Like, am I just supposed to be like crawling now? Like, what the what? fuck? You're supposed to dance in a wheelchair, you idiot. Yeah. Just on the floor twerking. <laughs> That's meant to be my permanent <laughs> status in life. Just broken legs. Somebody put my legs against the wall. Yeah. Hold them up there. <laughs> Watch me wriggle around. 
I'm like, yeah, that's cool for the first death, but let's like, you know, fast forward to three, four or five. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, that's perfect. Cause I, I had a realization while I was peeing mm-hmm. uh, and it was, uh, it's great. It's great because I, I love this. I, I told this to uh, Laura, I'm such a bad pod ha- podcast host because we've been listening to so much Doug and Trussell that I feel like I know what I'm doing. Like I've heard heard podcasts. I know what I'm doing. Like I gotta do is talk to people, but I totally forgot to like ask you who who you are and why you're even here. And like, but we just hopped in the conversation and I'm like, and I'm not going to edit it so that it's like, (laughs) I'm probably not even going to cut out the bathroom break situation. It's just going to be like humming for a minute while we all go pee. And you hear me yelling in the background, did you hear me fart? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, I didn't say that. Um, but yeah, who are you? What's up? Hi. Yeah, um, I'm Mary. I live in Fullerton. I'm 27. Um, I, I, I got, I just graduated college finally, got married, uh, still trying to figure out exactly what I want to do with my life. Still trying to get medical insurance. Um, I'm here because I know a lion. We're part of this big incestuous Fullerton friend group and a lion and I bonded over being young death friends at the mm-hmm. time. A lion's mom was really sick and um, my brother and I um, had a brother who died. And so like we obviously all deaths are different. All everybody's relationship with that person is different. Everybody grieves different, Mm -hmm. but I think just the process of losing a close family member at a young age changes you Mm -hmm. period. Oh, totally. Um, So I think like we kind of bonded over, there's no way to know exactly what you were going through, of course, but just recognizing like, Oh, like this sucks really big, huh? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we, I don't even feel like, I mean, we would sort of talk about it. And then our, our mom was sick too, like not the same. I think if that's when she had her heart attack, when your mom was very sick with yeah. cancer. Yeah, I um, so we would like check in on each other. I almost like our conversations were brief, but I felt like it was sort of like a mutual understanding of like mm-hmm. real recognizes real when it comes to death. Oh, trauma. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I've mentioned this to Laura, like a few times, like, a few people like there's quite a few people like in like the Fullerton that the same Fullerton and Worcestershire uh, <laughs> group uh no like there's been like a lot of real love that I felt and like that was fucking more than I even thought I needed mm-hmm. uh you know it, I, I I'm a I'm a stubborn individual and I you know I'm I'm pretty dumb at times but uh I, I'm very thankful for uh, all of you guys. I mean, specifically, definitely you and Danny, and like the way you guys talked to me was always very, oh, very, very, very kind. And I appreciate really nice. it. Specifically, you guys, yes. <laughs> but yeah, just a nice affirmation of that. And uh, also, thank you again for fucking sharing this time. Like, it, it honestly, it feels like so dumb to say almost because like it's it's not like the same sarcastic me that I feel like we've known each other as Mm -hmm. for a long time but like I have been dealing with my own traumas for my own amount of time and like 
yeah, like the sarcasm was like a huge amount of that. And and I forever love that still, like the smart ass, mm-hmm. like comments and yes. like, retorts are the fucking most hilarious. They're great. Yes. Um, I think when it like when you go through something like death or just anything that hurts and there's nothing that's ever going to really make it better, like all you're kind of left with is humor. Like it just feels absurd at that point. So like all you can do is make jokes because it, there's nothing logical to do. So like, yeah, I guess like art or jokes, like, and like, you know, really digging into the absurdities, like the best way to go with it. Oh, totally. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I'm fucking so stoked that you guys are all about it as well. You specifically are like one of the best like fucking people to just have sarcastic little one-liners with. It was great. You just complimented me on being a bitch, basically. Yeah. (laughs) Cool things. I mean, the number one B, if that's a compliment, if that's going to be a compliment, this is my number one B. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Matt called me a little bitch the other day. He said, you can be such a little bitch sometimes. And I have never felt more seen. <laughs> I call her a crybaby all the time, but I don't think that's that. Is that the same thing? Do you feel seen? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I'm also the crybaby, too. I just, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll admit it. I'm the bigger crybaby. Yeah. I've been such a crybaby recently, too. It's great. Mm. Yeah. I cry about everything, though, so it's fine. I'm okay with crying like about anything at this point in time now too. That's one of the things that I accepted as the new me. Yeah. yeah. You know, see something that like randomly makes me have like any sort of thought regarding sadness and I cannot react almost. I'm just like, oh, cool. I'm going to cry a little bit right now. Tight. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. My ideal job is something where I can cry a little bit all the time and not have it be weird um because I've definitely been in job (laughs) situations where I cry a little bit and it's not fun for everybody anybody Mm -hmm. I mean um but I mean I would have to become really stone cold and a completely different person for that to not happen anymore so I need to be in a space where I can cry a little bit and maybe hide it um and it's not a problem yeah. I think as I get older, I've been having a lot of big cries recently, but mm-hmm. apart from the big cries, definitely like just more little cries all the time. Mm-hmm. Like just little tearing up about anything. Oh yeah. I I do that. There's not a day I think that it goes by that I don't do that stuff. So there you go. <laughs> I, don't worry. I if, if you can get it more under control than me, I'm gonna need to ask for your advice on how to do that because that's that's the best that i can do right now i'm just like cool it's yeah gonna be like a fucking trigger every time and it's fine though like it's not that it's ever like even sad anymore like i don't feel sad about it it's just like crying just makes me feel like i i i, I am giving it like it's yeah. own attention and like it's worth it like uh it's not that i've like even gotten any more spiritual or like anything more than before but like i'm still the same mental position i'm just learning new ways of looking at things and like hey oh i can't tell is it spooky it is i can tell because i can't pick them up Mm -hmm. hey spooky um i lost my train of thought because i looked at his eyes oh no it's cool um yeah i agree like i don't think crying like the little cries that just come up like it's not always about being sad it's just about 
feeling period and allowing yourself the opportunity to feel and to let that out and be authentic because like life is like cool and life is boring but life is also like a tragedy we all die everybody mm-hmm. we know will die like it's a tragedy mm-hmm. oh so, and i think it's good to do that i have a a personal con- or a personal connection that i'd like to share with you about Please. my whole experience with death mm-hmm. is that i i I literally feel more complete now than I ever have. Like I've always felt incomplete and this Mm -hmm. like now longing for something Mm -hmm. has somehow like made me feel complete. Like I understand now Mm -hmm. like extreme loss. Okay. I kind of get that. I don't know if you talked to to Danny about this at all, but Danny and I talked about this Mm -hmm. when John died, when our brother died. Um, And like, what we said was like we didn't have like an insanely fucked up childhood like we had a pretty good childhood but there were Mm -hmm. like a few fucked up things that made us like a little off and a little feelsy and when our brother died it was like we finally got like here's your permission like Mm -hmm. you are weird like you can be a little fucky like here's like your like carte blanche like here's your calling card like now you're fucked up enough to like be in the club. Yeah. And it it felt good in that way to just like be able to like honor all of your experiences by having like one big enough experience. Cause I mm-hmm. think like for those who like haven't gotten that yet and all of us will, cause that's how life is. Like you just have all these little heartbreaks all the time and it's like, they never get to be important enough to like be considered something that should make you weird or sad or anything mm-hmm. finally get this calling card of like yes like yeah i'm in the club <laughs> yeah i feel like i would even um say that now i'm at like a step further with it now of like this whole like not just it being like uh like a like being having the calling card but it's like understanding that the calling card isn't really like the point of any of it like mm-hmm. it's it's the whole like feeling that the pointlessness is beautiful like again in its own way like mm-hmm. the fact that like it's pointless to like really like fucking dwell on that like there's still so much like beauty in the fact that you're alive and are able to deal with the facts of life as you go forward even if they're heavy as shit you have like an ability and even if you don't like where where are you like where where are we going to start drawing lines for like what matters and like all this shit. And then it's like one of the things that's just a beautiful, like final, like uh, nail in the coffin for me has just been like the ego death that I feel like I officially like mm-hmm. have had now. And like, it was pretty significant and like, it just fucked me up. Like I, I, I can only control myself at this point. Like I, I can only control like so much and yeah. like everything else is so much like out of my control and it's not even important either and like what but there's so much you can do like there's it's it's like a bunch of contradicting thoughts and like me and Laura have been going through like a lot of this together and I'm so fucking thankful I can ask for a better partner I'm sorry I'm lovey-dovey but like fuck this is like the best thing that's ever happened to me and I don't deserve it but I'm happy to accept it thank you anybody whoever thank you thank you <laughs> um no but like we're we've been going through the same thing and like I do believe like this whole 
this whole thing of life isn't pointless, but a lot of things are. Mm-hmm. And and like this whole like discovery of the this like absurd like necessary for both is kind of weird and like you have to live through it and like your own lived experience is the only like reason for any of it mm-hmm. and it's not like it's not like it even ends at death because like the death is just as pointless as the life was like you you're just granted this permission of sentience for some crazy reason mm-hmm. and like and then like at that point like it's just fucking weird then at that point like everything just fucking doesn't matter and so like I, I I've been really grateful for like these experiences of like detachment from like this idea of my own self being important because like even though I thought like life was important and like the reason I was like sad before was because like I'd been wanting to be dead for a long time and I didn't think I was going to be alive for this long and here I am like I honestly thought I was gonna die at an early age, but apparently I lived up until now. And this is old now. <laughs> this is old now. I'm 31. I'm old now. I'm an old boy. <laughs> anyway, yeah, like this this weird thing like just really fucks me up, and I'm just like, well, like I don't know. This is just who I am now. This is this is who I am now. That's 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 it. That's the end of my rant. I lost train of all of it. But I'm very okay with it. It was very um, Duncan Trussell of you. You really did it. I, I see. I fucking hate it. I've been listening to <laughs> too much. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly where I'm at with all of that. I mean, part of it is like I'm still in like raw pain. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and there there is that weird part of like this is all pointless, and the fact that it ends kind of gives it a more of a perspective. Because if we just all went on forever, then it wouldn't feel as meaningful. Like things that end, that's a story, that's a completion, it's something. So like, it's weird because like death feels like the most like unnatural thing. And yet it's like also like the most, in some ways it gives life meaning that it's temporary. Mm -hmm. Um, But I want to, I don't know, like, so... Right now, I've been reading a few different things. Um, I've been reading When Things Fall Apart, which mm-hmm. is like a pretty popular like Buddhist book about just life falling apart. Um, and I and I don't really know a ton about Buddhism. So like um, some of the concepts are like pretty new to me. And I would say that it has been one of the more helpful things, but I don't know, like... I don't know. I, I'm still trying to figure out where I want to place this in terms of like the meaning making part of my brain. I'm not there mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, totally. Um, I know I will get there. It's very much my mentality to get there. Um, but I don't know. Like the absurdity is not beautiful right now. The absurdity mm-hmm. just feels, I wouldn't say unfair. Like I. Uh, one second. Sorry, one second. No, it sounds over here. Oh. Absurdity. Yes. I would say like the absurdity of being alive at all and the absurdity of dying, like um it just feels like bad. 
It just mm-hmm. feels like we got signed up for bad. And like, that's a bummer. Um, and I wouldn't say I feel that in like a resentful way, but I, it doesn't feel very beautiful to me. And like I said, I feel like it's like I used up all of my good death excuses already. Mm-hmm. I feel like now I need to find new ones. Um, and I think part of that will come from like building a life that I like more for myself and like my actions and how I live. And I just don't have the energy to do that yet. So totally eventually yeah. be cool. But yeah. right now it's just gonna be depression periodically yeah, yeah. and then a lot of cooking on other days. Yeah. You sound exactly like Danny then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm glad you don't listen to the podcast because then you're just gonna feel like a freaking copycat for saying the same things <laughs> i'm either sad or i'm cooking <laughs> if i ain't crying i'm cooking sometimes i'm doing both <laughs> yeah it's real i was uh i just went in the kitchen to take out some zucchini uh mm-hmm. some sp- spaghetti zucchini and make some other shit tonight it's fucking dope hell yeah i'm excited mm-hmm. for you um yeah one of the one things i did want to share with like the at at least as far as being friends and updating each other is that me and laura have been uh getting at least more into like this occult side of things and just Mm -hmm. learning it just it's very ideas are good enough for us to like Mm -hmm. into it and so doug and trussell's podcast has been super nice for it we've been listening to jason lube as well and like it's just good. It's it, it's intentions are overall good, and it's just it's no different than fucking me being trying to go back to church and being Christian again yeah. or some other shit. Yeah. And yeah, like it's one of the things that are like I'm in a position now where like it's the same things that I would make fun of myself for like doing now as a as any other time. Like it's all silly. Yeah, it, life is fucking silly yeah. as a whole. It's so do what like, whatever makes you a better person fucking go for it i don't give a shit it doesn't matter if you're right or not like who gives a fuck so here's the other thing though it's like i thought i was being a good person always and genuinely like intentions are usually like pretty good i'm I'm an asshole at heart but my intentions are good (laughs) but no yeah like uh it's one of the things that i feel has been helpful for me recently to like in the grander scheme of like being okay with like i barely understand reality as a, like it as mm-hmm. its own thing let alone like being able to deal with the burdens that are only held in reality like the only reason that it's okay to fucking like that i felt okay with playing video games for like a long time or fucking getting drunk and like reading and getting lost and sucked into this other world was because I was ignoring my reality in some way. Mm-hmm. And like reality, the fact that reality has like this fucking burden of feelings and like re- its own reality, like it, it's so fucking heavy that like it's weird to understand. And so like the fact that I can finally take a step back and see it all as like a weird thing that like you technically make up. Te- mm-hmm. technically and yeah. we're not going to get into the specifics of that yeah uh, just technically like your own reality is just your own reality forever yeah 
and like we're sharing a reality technically and i will share this reality into some other like span of realities and that's going to be its own thing and none of it matters still but it does because i am getting the biggest cake out of this conversation than like playing video games right now and i like my video games <laughs> but no yeah like being able to talk about sad shit that's like things that we all deal with and like it was hard for me to talk to like other people sometimes about it during my like most depressive states because like I didn't fucking know how to talk about it or like want to bring anybody down like yeah how do you start a conversation like by the way like I might cry right now because like I'm going through a lot of shit right now yeah so if you're gonna by start way, a conversation I'm my uh pike fantasy right now so watch out <laughs> like <laughs> someone in when i'm having a pike fantasy <laughs> now i don't know some people are into pike stuff <laughs> uh but no yeah like it, it, it's it's truly one of like the weirdest times for me to accept reality because i'm officially way different than i thought my reality was and so that's like the biggest mind fuck for me too i'm just like this isn't who i used to be but who i used to be wasn't who i ever was like then in high school or as a fucking mm. child or any like I wasn't ever the same but yeah. I've been the same person and like yeah like my fucking reality can change tomorrow and a lot of it has to do with like traumatic events in my own life and other shit like it's just a culmination of so many things but I am very now more grateful than anything to the fact like to the fact that like all of what makes me me has been like all these interactions and I like do value certain interactions more than others and like a lot of them have been with like being able to be distracted from my shit with like having a group of people that I can like just go and hang out with and like like they know what I'm going through and like I don't have to explain shit but like they're okay with me just being like I'm just here to be like kind of like a loud asshole for a moment mm -hmm. like don't mind me I'm just over here being an asshole uh, but yeah, no, like that's also like why I truly value this conversation. So thank you again. Thank you. Yeah, I'm grateful Duh. to have this space to get into it because it feels, even with the people who love you the most, it feels kind of self-indulgent. Mm -hmm. So it's like nice to be given like full permission to just like Aww. do it. <laughs> See, that, that feels fucking super nice. Thank you. I'm glad that you feel comfortable <laughs> with that. No, yeah, because that's like all I want to hear is that like just unfiltered, unadulterated mm -hmm. uh, bullshit. And uh, it, 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 if I can also ask, I didn't, we didn't get into a whole lot about your sister. Do you mind if I ask you about that? And like, yeah, sure. I forget exactly what happened. Also, give me one quick second. I, I gotta grab another beer. Yeah, like, got parched, and I saw <laughs> you take a sip. <laughs> so tell me yeah so um i would say 
Uh, the stuff with my sister, I have not processed like at all. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much there is to process. Um, but basically, um, she had some other health stuff going on. Um, I don't want to get into it too much because I feel like it's not my business to get into, but she had some yeah. health stuff going on. So she was like kind of sick, but not like we thought she was going to die like tomorrow sick. Like everybody was shocked by it. Yeah. Um, and according to her autopsy, she died from a brain bleed. So it's likely that she fell and incurred a, a brain bleed and she died over in her sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really not cool for her kids. I feel very bad for them. Um, for me, it just kind of feels like... Uh, Like, I guess, like, some of the big things for me is, like, oh, I had, there were six of us. My mom had six kids. There's only four of us now. Like, that feels weird. It feels weird that, like, two of my siblings are already dead. Like, Mm -hmm. that's weird to me. Um, And she died five days before my mom died. So that was kind of a thing of, like, do we tell our mom or not? At first, we decided not to tell her because she mostly wasn't really there. So it's, like, are we going to take like the 10 minutes of her day that she's like kind of conscious to like tell her this? Mm-hmm. And I think right at the end, we did end up like kind of telling her because um, we weren't sure was she like waiting to see her before she died or something. So like we kind of told her, but at that point she was like very much so out of it. So mm-hmm. like, I don't know if she knew, Um but yeah, I would say like pretty emotionally blocked there. I, I haven't felt it at all. I think I've just been so wrapped up in everything else. Um, but we we weren't very close towards the end. I would say when I was a kid, I saw her a lot, but she was a lot older than me. And then like I was busy. She had like a lot of her own stuff. So it's not going to be one of those day-to-day changes like it is with my mom where it's very immediate of like I can't talk to you anymore it's gonna be a gradual one mm-hmm. um and I have thought about that like I was on a hike the other day and I remembered like this song my sister would sing and like I was like oh like I'm never gonna see her again mm-hmm. weird like this song feels different now so I think her passing is gonna be a lot slower to sink in and I would think and I think too I'm still distracted by like I'm just worried about her kids her Mm -hmm. youngest is 14 her oldest is 27 my age and I just feel like god like she had four kids four kids oh shit yeah 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 Yeah. so I just I I think with her passing I'm mostly just like so concerned about her kids and then about my other sister her whole nuclear nuclear family has passed away now. She grew up with her sister, her dad, and my mom, and our sister. But it was her full sister. Mm-hmm. It's like they're all gone now, and like I was pretty worried about her with like when our mom passed. Like, and she's actually doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say it just makes it complicated and kind of like that card I was talking about earlier. Like, I feel like it just makes my grief sound a lot more intense. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it feels more intense or not. It just feels like it's all fucked up. Mm-hmm. But also like the backdrop of 2020 is kind of weird too. Because in some ways it feels like 
uniting that it's all <laughs> fucked up for everybody. You're but like, oh, no wonder it's a fucking clusterfuck. Yeah, exactly. But in other ways, it kind of feels like minimizing because it's like everybody I talk to is not having a good time. Mm-hmm. So it sort of feels like, well, I know I'm grieving and going through these things, like having two family members just like die, but like everybody's not doing good. So it's like, in some ways it's cool. Like we're all in the same boat. In other ways, it's like, I kind of feel like I don't want to, it makes me even more so not want to put it out there. Cause it's like, everybody's not feeling good right now. So like my extra not feeling good kind of feels like just thrown into the bucket of like how fucked up this year is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of like a, a weird thing. I think with when my brother died, it felt more like poignant and special is the wrong word, but it felt more notable, I guess. And now mm-hmm. it just kind of feels like this is just a big swamp we're all in right now. And we all have a different thing. We're tackling it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of weird. Cause I, I mean, that's true always like, we everybody is always talking, <laughs> I guess. So it's like it's also maybe just more real. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it makes it harder to place like those um and these aren't like the right questions to ask yourself, but I think they always come up like how sad am I allowed to be? How bummed am I allowed to be? For how long am I allowed to be bummed? And I think when it feels more notable and you're the only one in your circle who's super bummed, you feel like, yes, like full permission, like, mm-hmm. or not everybody. Some people might feel the exact opposite, but I think for myself, I feel like, okay, full permission. Yeah. I am othered because of this thing that makes me feel so different, but everybody's othered right now. Everybody's going through it. And so it's like, how do I give myself permission to still let oh. it be notable in my life? And that one's easy. Like- that one's easy. <laughs> That's because everybody's another, always. Exactly. Well, yeah, and that's the reality. That's the reality of it. But I think, I don't know if it's just like, I don't know if it's me or most like how we're socialized to need validation for our pain before we get to decide that it's real. And I think I'm not getting that validation right now because we're all so aware of like the shit we're struggling with. Mm -hmm. So I need to truly give that to myself. There is almost no one who can give that to me. Yep. And I think that's good for growth. Oh, totally. Doesn't feel good for like the process of actually moving through grief. I think it's, it makes it a little bit more muddied, but Mm -hmm. it is definitely more honest overall in terms of like the human experience, I think. What, what are you surrounding yourself with? Like, at least as far as what you're, uh, exposing yourself like willingly exposing yourself to yeah. other than like work and stuff like what are you watching listening to yeah etc like what what are you what, what, what's so, going on yeah my like strategy um so sometimes I get really depressed and I just like straight up like can't do anything apart from the bare minimum and I found like I do need to try to push myself in those moments um once again it's hard with COVID because there's nowhere I can go and it feels better like everywhere I go still feels weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still feel like, oh, I wanted to go to escape, but we're all wearing masks and I feel bad. And like, um, but what I have been doing, I've been trying to do more yoga. I've been trying to meditate. Um, I've been, uh, I have the library app on my phone. So I've been doing some audio books. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I just started a new one today called It's Okay Not to Be Okay. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, I've been journaling more. Um, this is more of a control thing, but I've been thinking about my diet a little more. I think it just feels good to be in control of something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then different thing, Danny and I are also going to start a podcast. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's about, it will be about our mom's life. Um, cause she wrote a, a very small, like 60, 70 page memoir a very um, small memoir well I don't know because it's not like 300 pages like a true memoir it was like it's like a 60 70 page read um and that's awesome yeah yeah it's so cool I think if anybody has kids you should do it it's very nice mm-hmm. um but she did have kind of a, a wacky life and I know everybody says that about someone they die but like nobody would say that about me like I'm pretty boring like she had an interesting life mm-hmm. um so the idea of the podcast is to like Danny and I and like how we're doing and our process through grief, but also like talking about her life and then interviewing people through different phases of her memoir. Mm-hmm. And then the memoir stops right um, right at Danny and I's childhood. So then it would also be the idea of picking up where she left off and continuing the story from like till her end. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it doesn't even cover like our brother dying. Like it doesn't have any of that in it. And mm-hmm. it was still crazy. Like all the shit that happened. So I think that will be a cool thing. Cause I definitely need a creative project. Totally. Um, I think working and going to school and whatever, like I just kind of let my creativity die cause I didn't have a lot of energy. So I think having a creative project will feel really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of like my mom, like it will be nice to like, have carved out time to really be about her mm-hmm. without making my whole life about her. And Absolutely. that's a tricky balance because there's a time in grief where it is all about them and mm-hmm. that's okay. But then you have to kind of like manage yourself and not just let yourself be what I've heard it described as like a living memorial for someone who died. Totally. Like you're still yourself and you need to let that be a thing. So mm-hmm. I think it will, it will feel good to have a project that's creative, have a project that's about her and give me like a corner of space in my life about it. So we've recorded the intro episode twice now. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think we're going to record it once more. Hopefully it's the last time because I sent it off to one of my friends who's really good at it. Like, I don't know, film podcast stuff. And he had some Mm -hmm. critiques on it. So we're Mm going to try to change the format up slightly and then hopefully interview a few other people although I'm skeptical about like if people are going to want to do it because like some of this stuff is like salacious so it's like are they going to want to talk about it or not so we'll see how that goes but (laughs) yeah we'll see I like the sounds of it already um yeah what may i offer up some things to listen to and or read listen to because i have a yeah i I have a free audiobook so i went to audiobooks and got a free book but it was uh the damien eccles book on magic Mm. but yeah the the stuff the stuff that i really like about what i've heard about magic in general has been one of my new favorite things because it's essentially just like prayer Mm -hmm. but but cooler it's <laughs> <laughs> got like witches and wizards and stuff uh no but honestly it's just things that like are, are 
are nice and what I honestly feel like I enjoyed originally from uh, innocent like perspective on religion mm-hmm. like oh like oh that's what it's about like there's a god and the thing and that's why people go to church I see now like mm-hmm. I get it kind of and then it's one of those things where like oh everybody's kind of just like bullshitting their way through like life in general and like your own reality is subjective even and like blah 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 so that like with all that in mind, like it was one of those things for me where I'm like, oh, like this actually feels way more like along the lines of something that's like an actual helpful tool for me. Mm-hmm. And although I'm not actively grieving as heavily as I used to, I feel like this could have been more helpful earlier. <laughs> and I I like a lot of the ideas behind like. I always like to break apart like uh, uh, the 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 bigger picture of like the pain into mm-hmm. digestible smaller portions yes so like I, I realized that like a big or like all the small reasons that like the big loss of like not being able to communicate with my mother at any given time like was so like hard was the fact that like you know like I needed affirmation here or there or like I needed this and like for some reason I gave value to this person to like grant me that without ever along the way acknowledging that that's that could be gone and not giving it value earlier in that like what you mean is important to me even if I don't not know about it now like that there's a a good a good thought process with like breathing and like understanding things of like seeing it as a nice whole mm-hmm. and I'm sorry I lost my train of thought because like I have to pee again and I'm sorry <laughs> but yeah that's the one thing that I want to recommend to you and I feel like that's actually better if I just text it to you yeah that'd be sick thank you there's a few different episodes of like the Duncan Trussell and Jason Lube that are really helpful but mostly just like focusing like just how like you're you're in charge of like a little bit of your thoughts and like yeah revolve around and if you constantly like let yourself kind of fall into like a negative feedback loop of stupid shit which mm-hmm. guilty as charged like I, I I'm I'm all about that I've been there quite a lot well and it's weird because sometimes like you want to give yourself permission to do that but it's like you sort of need to know the rules before you can break them like no no rules man you make them up as you go well i mean the rules of like a negative feedback loop so like you know i'm just thinking Mm -hmm. things that are going to make me feel bad this is not going to make this better i'm just going to feel bad that's what i fucking want right now and i feel like kind of knowing what you're doing yeah sort of helps like even if it doesn't change your behavior it's at least nice to like oh, I know exactly what's going to happen from this, but this is what I want. So I'm just going to feel like shit because that's what feels right. I was actively destructive in like a few different ways, but I always tried to make sure like the the outcome of this was like, I'm not doing any harm to myself or other people. Uh, I still ended up getting hurt and like I I probably hurt other people at some point, Mm -hmm. but like I try to make that like as clear as possible, and even then, like even if you, that you know the rules, like the odds of you breaking those rules are still gonna like 
be just as likely if you yeah. know the rules are not like yes kind of like it's one of those things you kind of like letting go is one of the hard, hardest things ever but it's like a thing that you need to do with everything like with emotion and like traumatic events and stuff and like it's one of the things that like even I, I, even up until now I think I know how to do that but like it's still fucking difficult yeah and I, I have a thing let me come back in a second I have a thing I want to explain okay I'll be back in one second meanwhile okay. here's Puma hi Puma ah how you doing oops oh Spooky's right here by the way still <laughs> she blended in or he blended in Spooky and Puma. Kitty cam. <laughs> right. There we Oh, kitty kiss. All right, listen up. All right. So listen here, I have a thing to say. <clears throat> also, um, I probably do need to get going in a few minutes. Oh, that's right. It's almost six. That's right. I remembered. Uh, I will wrap this up with this. Um, so one of the things that like, I mean, you definitely... I feel like you are more aware than most people about this, but I, I, I was very adamantly sure about like making my understanding of what's happening, like kind of as scientifically based as possible almost versus like any sort of spiritual aspect before anything. Like it was almost always like my approach to life was like logical and like scientific. And I wanted to get to like a, a more digestible version to me of the truth mm -hmm. which like i trusted i i trust still trust fucking science above all things like more more often than not but like there's still so much that's unknown you, you, the more you know it's like one of those things just mm -hmm. like fucking stupid philosophy like i only know that i don't know like mm -hmm. all that i know is i know nothing whatever the fucking thing is let me smoke real quick <laughs> So like, I definitely always wanted to have like a good scientific or like logical explanation to all the things that I was dealing with, whether it's like this unbearable like heaviness of loss that is very impending and very real and like you can see it play out and also dealing with like the loss of the relationship, which like for me kind of fucked me up at first. And then I learned about my mom's cancer and I was like, 
fuck. Life just sucks. Like, if it's not one thing, it's another. And it's just, like, so dumb because, like, the only things that you're, like, really feeling are, like, a lot of different chemical reactions within you. You have little control, little to no control on some, and you have some control over others, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You have some control to some things you don't have control over others. Like, that's almost always true in, like, all the different ways that I've, like, felt all these different emotions and feelings and traumas and triggers and such it's like always like little bits of it are still the same whether it's like something that's out of my control and even if I have control on how I react I I feel like I am at a loss for it and like that's one of the things like the only reason that I am recommending the spiritual and or magic and stuff like that things that like I, I see now are just like other ways of it like looking at the same thing and I also like I will send you some radio labs that were super helpful because mm -hmm. it's one of those things that's just like it's a lot of logic and like there's some just like wishful thinking in them yeah and also an Oliver Sacks thing that I got to send you that I'm also sending to Laura. So I'm going to look all those things up and text them. What do you prefer to text? An email? Yeah, text is cool. <laughs> all right. Sounds good, Mary. Um, Mary, it's almost six o'clock and I'm so sorry, but I have a doctor's appointment at <laughs> 6.05. And that means I got to wrap it up and get going. But yeah, I, I'm so freaking thankful for your time. Thank you for your time. Thank you for asking me. This was great. I appreciate it. Great. I think uh, after you guys do another podcast, you and your brother, or sometime we should do a three-way broadcast. Yeah, that would be fun. A threesome, you might say, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but yeah, we'll figure that out in the future. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. All right, Mary, get to whatever you have to do at six o'clock. Right. Thank, Thank you so much. Bye. Bye, Puma. Bye, Pookie. Bye, Lion. Bye, Laura. Hare Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Yeah. Wait, how do you end this thing? There's an end there and uh